Welcome to the Career Day Podcast. I have with me a very special guest. What is your name, sir? Uh, my name is Andrew Dickerson, and might I just say I'm very honored and glad to be here. <laughs> I love that way we started that. <laughs> so good. Not 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 too professional, not yes. too scripted. Yeah. You know, just winging it, seeing how it's going to go. So we are doing the Career Day Podcast, and we're kind of focusing on international teachers for this section. So awesome. you're an international teacher. I am. What do you teach? I teach world history. Okay. So uh, modern world history. Uh, I've taught medieval history. I've taught IB world history, um, ancient world history. So I've kind of dabbled in the history spectrum. Also uh, intro to social psychology. Okay. And so that's where you are now. Yes. So I want to start at the beginning. Okay. What did you want to do? What? How did it all end up? And then how did you end up in Beijing, China? All right. So... Take it back a little bit. Uh, I know from your, your previous episode, I tuned in. And uh, so Megan and I have very different paths to get here, which is great for the first two episodes. You know, shows some, some different paths to, to end up in the same spot. So I knew from a young age I wanted to teach. Uh, I remember back in like middle school, I would often finish homework assignments in class early and ask my teachers if I could, you know, help my friends or this or that because I was bored. And I genuinely tried to help them instead of just like, hey, the answer is this. Like I would try to actually point them in the direction. And that was probably, you know, seventh grade or something like that. Um, so as I went through high school, I started thinking, well, maybe not, because you know, who wants to be a teacher? I was so over school. Um, so my backup, or my, I guess not backup necessarily, it was like plan A and plan B or one A and one B uh, was to do broadcasting journalism. So similar to me, but um, it was more of the sports broadcasting kind of uh, analyst route because uh, I would often watch sports with my dad and I'd say something and then on TV we'd hear that same thing like 10 seconds later and I was like yeah I could do this uh, so I went to Central Michigan University because they were well known for the education but even more so for their broadcasting within Michigan universities uh, so I knew either route I took I'd be fine but I started with the education route my first class I ever took in university was education or 107, like intro to education. Uh, and then I never looked back from there. So I just I followed that path, uh, did my student teaching. And then from there, yeah, we'll, I'll get into that a little bit. But that's, you know, I, I took that, that route from middle school to today. Okay. And so you got an education degree. Mm -hmm. What did you have? A, it's a high school? Yeah. So I... My, my double major in history and social studies for secondary education, okay. so 6 through 12. And so you you had this, you have the degree, you can mm -hmm. teach. You're living in Michigan, you're yes. from Michigan? Yes, from Michigan, grew up in Detroit suburbs, went to Central Michigan University. Okay. So whole life was spent in Michigan until I moved abroad. And when did you move abroad? So I graduated from university in May of 2014 and moved to Bahrain in the Middle East in August of 14. So we'll get there, but why not teach in Michigan? Because even before I wanted to go abroad, I still wanted to leave Michigan because I'd, I'd only experienced Michigan. Uh, so when I was getting ready to enter my final year or years of university, I was already talking to my parents and friends about moving you know, out west, you know, Colorado, California, Oregon, doing something very different. Uh, and my parents were laughing, or my parents were struggling with that idea, and I'm, we laugh at it now because they're like, "Oh, that's so far away. Like, can't you just do something closer, like you know, Illinois or <laughs> Minnesota?" And then I end up overseas. 
Um, yeah, so I, initially I wanted to get out of Michigan anyway, just because, you know, my suburb was great. I liked where I grew up, but it just kind of felt like the same thing over and over. So I was looking for something different. Yeah. Which I grew up in Chicago, taught in Chicago forever, and there were a lot of people from Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. My brother lived in Chicago for a bit doing an internship, and he, he was in university, and we found so many restaurants and bars that were Michigan, University of Michigan, Michigan State, Detroit, yep. you know, a lot of Michiganders in Chicago. Yeah. Okay, so then you ended up in Bahrain. Yes. How did that happen? Right. For those who don't know, Bahrain is a country. Um, it's a <laughs> where, yeah, where, it's a tiny, where tiny it? island in it's between. Island? It's a tiny island. I didn't know this. In between Saudi Arabia and Qatar in the oh, Middle East, okay. in the Persian Gulf or Arabian Gulf, depending on where you're from. It is connected by Saudi Arabia by bridge, um, by the Saudi Causeway. Um, and other than that, it's a little island. Uh, you can't drive to Saudi Arabia unless you like, are a Muslim or sponsored by a Muslim. Uh, they have very strict uh, passport control stuff. But you can go halfway, and there's a McDonald's. And my friends went to the my friends and I went to that as like a road trip to the McDonald's on the causeway. <laughs> um, anyway, so how did I get there? Uh, so I was entering my final year of university, and a family friend we had known for a long time her and my brother were in the same grade since like eighth grade or something like that her cousin and i were best friends growing up so we've known this family for a long time she went to the same university as well and went to this international job fair in iowa northern iowa job fair and got a job in bahrain and i was like where is that because i too had never heard of it despite being a social studies teacher um and then so that winter break she had returned for christmas and we bumped into each other at a mutual friend's birthday gathering. And she was telling me all about the travel she'd gotten to do, the young teacher she'd gotten to meet, the cool experience. She basically described it like an adult dorm because the school owned an apartment building that they put you up in for your first year or two. And a lot of you know mid, late 20s, early 30s teachers. And then you got the random people who had just been traveling their whole lives and you know wanted to teach English. Um, so it sounded really cool. So I went to the, I applied to the job fair, <clears throat> didn't actually go because there was a snowstorm that weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still applied to schools from it, including the school she was at in Bahrain. And then she put in a good word for me. And at the end of the job fair, they hadn't found anyone else. So they offered me the job. And this was late January, early February. So I was, I think I was three weeks into student teaching and already had a job lined up which was super convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So then the next few months I got to kind of coast through student teaching while my friends were freaking out about like basically auditioning at the school they were at. And I was just, you know, I was like, I have a job. It's yeah. fine. So then my parents were like, Oh, Colorado is so close. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we got there. Coming full circle. Yeah. So what was it like to live in Bahrain? I don't even know anything really about it. Right. So luckily I had someone tell me about it because I had no idea what to expect either. Um, so for those who don't know, it's a, yeah, like a tiny island country of like in between one or two million people, depending on if you count expats or, you know, up-to-date census and stuff like that. Very small. I could drive east to west in like 45 minutes. Oh, for real? Yeah. The east coast to west coast, like 45 minutes. Wow. Depend if there's no traffic. North <laughs> to south, it maybe take an hour and a half to two hours. It's very, tiny. It's very tiny. A million and people, then, though. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a U.S. Navy base, and within that area, like, 
if you divide the country into four quadrants, the upper right quadrant would be where the vast majority of people lived. And it was packed. The traffic was awful all the time. Kind of like rush hour in Beijing, but on a much, much smaller scale, obviously, yeah. but still very tight. Um, Which rush hour in Beijing is bad. If yes, you, if you don't, <laughs> rush hour anywhere is usually bad, but rush hour in Beijing, you you know, it takes you an hour to move 10 feet. Right. Um, yeah, so it was very interesting there because you really didn't need to know Arabic. I learned very few words in Arabic because everyone spoke English for the most part. Um, you know, we would have coworkers rent cars together and pay monthly because you could drive without a new license or anything. You just had to have a valid license. And it was pretty cheap cost of living overall. So we would pitch in rent cars. And one time, this is just an example of how easy the English was. I was able to call a mechanic because my car broke down and tell him where I was and where to pick me up. And we did this all in English. Mm. Now in Beijing, that would never happen. No. Very um, few people know English or, or want to speak to you in English. Right. Yes. Uh, and there was right next to the Navy base was a road we called American Alley because it was a strip of just a bunch of Western food, you know, Middle Eastern food, obviously, but then Asian food, Japanese, Indian, uh, just anything you could want. Dairy Queen, KFC, McDonald's, um, you know, Chili's. Chili's was there. all over the world. It's right. crazy. Chili's was there. Um, a bunch of burger joints from like Texas that I'd never heard of, like Muya Burger, you know, something like that. Um, so it was, it was super easy. And then like the, uh, again, the cost of living was pretty cheap there. Uh, it was easy to adjust. Um, again, and every, it was such a small country that it was never overwhelming. Anything you wanted to do was really close by. Um, but the problem was after a while, you feel like you've done everything in a very short amount of time because there was very little to really do. Right. There was like two malls and one was much more preferred over the other and movie theaters. And you could go like camping in the desert if you wanted in these big tents. But that was, you know, that was pretty much all I could do. Interesting. Uh, until my third year, we got to move out of the teacher building and we got a stipend. So I had a friend and I, uh, who was my roommate my first year, we became roommates again. And we found a place that had like a rooftop pool and a barbecue pit. And it was right next to, or right, or it was close to the teacher building. So uh, we would have people over after school to grill and play around for, you know, three days out of the week, at least, and plus weekends. So that was convenient. So it was, it was a very easy, very easy lifestyle, but it got boring after a couple of years. I'm not trying to tell people not to go. Definitely, if you're interested in teaching, it was a great stepping stone. Uh, for my career, very good for new teachers. Uh, but uh, I know I know people that were there when I was there that are still there. So you can you know if you find your niche, you can make it work. But for me, I was ready for something new. Did it have like a because it was so small? Did it have like a small town feel? Even though there's a million people? No, because it was it's just a totally different environment, really. Because the the streets were busy. You know okay. the the malls were packed. There there were bars, there were restaurants, there were there were nightclubs. They had all that kind of stuff going right. on. Uh, because again, where we were was so close to the Navy base that it was very westernized. It was kind of a big city feel. You did have a few skyscrapers in the downtown area, um, the, the banking areas and stuff. So it had anything that a major city would have uh, besides a solid transportation network. There was no subway and a couple buses that were never on time. And you had no idea when they're going to be there. So in three years, I never took a city bus once. Uh, you just used Uber or taxis so 
But yeah, it was it was good. I really enjoyed my time. Made some good friends. Travel from there was great. One of the main reasons I went was to travel because being in the Middle East, you can go to Asia and Europe or Africa so easily. So I, I went to Thailand. I went to England. I went to Malaysia. I went to Ireland. You know, I, I went both ways for a few years, and it was got I got to see a lot of countries. So that was pretty much the main reason I went there to, to begin was to travel. Nice. I got to do a lot of traveling there. So you're <clears throat> reaching the end of Bahrain. Mm -hmm. How did you, why, why Beijing, China? Uh, so yeah, it was three years and going into my third year, I knew it was last year. Um, I knew I wanted to do something different at that point. I've been able to, but one good thing about the school is because it was such a quick turnover, you could work your way up through the rankings there pretty quickly. So I was teaching IB history as a second year teacher. So by my third year, I had the two years IB, which looks really good. Um, international baccalaureate, you don't know what that is. That's kind of like AP classes, but worldwide. Um, and it's their two-year cycle. So I had the two-year class, that was good. And then I wanted something different. So I was like, okay, if I'm gonna look elsewhere, I want a bigger feel. So I was looking in the Middle East still. I looked in Oman, I looked in UAE, Dubai, and Abu Dhabi. Um, but then I was also just kind of looking in anywhere in Asia really, uh, I knew I wasn't going to get a job in Europe yet. I didn't have the experience, but I wasn't ready to go home. When I first left for Bahrain, I was like, I'll take it one year at a time. But then the longer I stayed, the less I wanted to move back home. Uh, so I was looking in Asia and applied through this, applied to this website called teachanywhere.com. And it was free to sign up. And I, you, you get uh, set up with a kind of recruiter who works with you, kind of interviews you, sees what interests you. Uh, and then reaches out to schools that work with them and kind of send up, you know, resumes and this and that. Uh, so I got paired up with this woman who set me up with Tsinghua International School, said this woman named Maxine would like to interview you. And my recruiter actually worked here at Tsinghua. Oh, cool. And she left after a few years to join this company. And but she was saying great things. And I was like, well, if it was so great, why did you leave? You know, fair question. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, that's a fair question. <laughs> um, she's like, it, I just realized teaching wasn't for me. But she's like, it was a good place to work. And I wanted to, you know, do this kind of side of the teaching lifestyle where I help people. And I was like, that's fair. Uh, so I interviewed with Maxine. It went well. Then I interviewed with the secondary director at the time, uh, the head of department, and another co-teacher who I'd be splitting world history classes with. And interviewed with the three of them. It went really well. Uh, some of the questions were about my pedagogy and my teaching style, and then some were about my cardigan selection, because that was apparently a crucial thing. Do I have more gray or navy cardigans? And I have an equal amount of both. So I got along well with everyone. Apparently. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, so a few days later, this was like April, I think, April of 2017, and got the job. And then, yeah, so it started the, the long visa process, which at the time seemed long, but compared to what happened this year, <laughs> was very easy. Yes. Very easy. Yeah. Very cool. And so do you have any future plans? What's the end game? Uh, stay abroad for a while. Um, I actually am moving on from Tsinghua next school year. Uh, in this summer, I'll be moving to Shanghai. Which I'm excited about. Same, same, you know, same country, but new city, new environment. Uh, so it won't be as well. I'm going to rewind a little bit because there's it's funny talking about going to Bahrain and being so easy to adjust there, but then coming to Beijing, I was like, well, if I could adjust to Bahrain, it'll be totally fine. 
And then I got to Beijing and realized, like we said earlier, no one speaks English or wants to speak English. Yeah. Um, it's such a massive city where it takes 45 minutes on a good day to get anywhere you want to go. So the culture shock here is what I ex expected to feel in Bahrain, but didn't. And then I came here and felt all that. So now moving to Shanghai, I'm much less concerned about that since I've been in China for three years and comparing the two cities, Shanghai is much more international. So I'm excited for that. Uh, not to be too far from Beijing, still see my friends here, have them visit down there. Um, but as I said earlier, the, the longer I stay abroad, the less I want to teach at home, especially given the current state of, you know, online learning and pandemic stuff. Right. So, and that's a conversation for a different day. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the, the plan is just to stay abroad until I feel like going home. Okay. You know, like I said, back in college, my plan was to move out to the Western States and then I moved to Bahrain. So I've learned over the last few years to like, plan ahead but don't put too much stake in it mm -hmm. just kind of more like guidelines anyway you know yeah. not just not so much plans see where it goes exactly have an idea but don't be set on it necessarily yeah. okay and so knowing all you know having done all the things that you've done would you do it exactly the same if you could choose to do it over again yes i do think i would uh and Part of the reason, and this kind of sums up, I think, my view on a lot of things. For those who don't know, and pretty much anyone listening to this doesn't really know me, <laughs> uh, I am a huge fan of the show How I Met Your Mother. Mm. And that show is all about how everything leads you to a certain point, whether or not you know what it is at that time. And whether that's with romance or with work or whatever, I think that's something we can carry with us. So, you know, when I was going to central Michigan, did I know that was going to lead me to Bahrain? No. Did I know Bahrain was going to lead me to Beijing? Definitely not. Um, and has every day been easy? No. Have I had tough moments where I've been homesick, where I've regretted it at the time? Definitely. Um, but all in all, like I've been able to go to over 20 countries in the last five years. I've been able to see places I've always grew up reading about or hearing about, especially being a history teacher. I've been able to meet people from so many different parts of not only the United States, but the world uh, and have friends literally spread out throughout multiple continents. Um, and that's something that even to this day, I'll talk to my parents on the phone and we just laugh about because we're like, who the heck would have thought that, you know? Um, so has it been easy? No, but has it been worth it? 100%. I definitely, definitely think looking back, there's not much I would change. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. It's well, it, was, it was very nice to talk to you and I hope the listeners have as much enjoyment that I just had from listening to you speak. Well, you got to see the smile the whole time. I don't know <laughs> if they're going to enjoy it as That's much, true. but he, hopefully. Just hopefully. a picture. Uh, he's currently wearing a green shirt with a Rudolph, like a reindeer, reindeer with a Santa hat. And he's a, got a, you know, a, a scarf. scarf going on. We're very, very Christmas here today. Yes. He has an amazing beard. Red beard. Red beard. Yeah. Very specific. Yeah, yeah. And smiles while he talks. It's amazing. <laughs> that's Andrew. That's that's Andrew Dickerson, the one and only. All, All right. right. Well, thank you again for having me. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. There you go.